glory to God. Turn to someone, slap them five, say, I'm so glad you came with an ear to hear. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then we're going to turn to the book of Colossians, please. Colossians chapter 3. Hallelujah. We've been talking about giving thanks and about that. I didn't realize when I started this a couple weeks ago it was going to turn into a series, but guess what? That kind of stuff happens around here. All right, so anyway, Colossians 3, we'll do just a little bit of review. Uh, got uh, some things I want definitely have to get to today, but uh, uh, chapter 3 of Colossians, verse 17, it says, And whatever you do in word or deed, in other words, what things you say, things you do, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. How many know if everybody did it in the name of the Lord, a lot of stuff would change? Well, anyway, that's a whole other sermon. But anyway, giving thanks. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a good thing to do. Amen. Giving thanks, you know, it's the giving of thanks. You know, God doesn't take thanks. He, amen, you're, you're called to offer it, praise God, amen. Uh, he's not going to force you to do any of this, amen. That's something that you uh, offer unto him. So it's the giving of thanks to God the Father through him. Now, one translation says it this way. It says, uh, uh, thanking God the Father every step of the way. Now, I mean, that's probably good doctrine right there. Amen. We should be giving God thanks all the time. Now, of course, last week we ended up t tearing into this whole uh, text here a little bit and uh, kind of, you know, read this uh, uh, verse in the context of what was being said. And obviously, uh, how many know not every day is, is a perfect day? How many know that uh, sometimes you have opposition? Sometimes you got the enemy warring against you. Sometimes the enemy even works through people. Look at your neighbor and go, mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes that's the truth, you know. Sometimes, you know, uh, uh, people yield to things, and, uh, and whether they know they're yielding to the enemy or not, uh, you know, but sometimes it happens. And so the point is this, that no matter what you're dealing with, what you're looking at, amen, we give God praise anyway. We give God thanks anyway, praise God. In fact, let's define that. I'm sure uh, every week I've been talking this, it means to express gratitude, amen, to speak praise, to confess adoration, and appreciation, praise God. To express, everybody say express. So you can't just say I have a praise in my heart. Because if it's, if it's really in the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you got to get your mouth engaged, amen. you got to express gratitude, speak praise, confess, amen, adoration or appreciation. First Thessalonians, please, let's put that up. Verse uh, 18 of chapter 5. First Thessalonians 5, verse 18 says this, In everything... Give thanks. Now, we also read through this text last week and kind of brought it out in context. And again, you notice it's not the beginning of a sentence here. Okay, so the whole thing is just bringing out that no matter what you're up against, no matter what's happening, it talks about, you know, we're, we don't want to yield to, uh, you know, evil for evil. We don't want to let everything offend us and get us mad to the point we're crossing lines, doing things, saying things we shouldn't. It says in everything. You notice it didn't say for everything. There's a lot of stuff that goes on that we ain't, you know, ain't going to give God thanks for. Come on, somebody, right? It wasn't God wasn't the author of it. Come on, somebody. So there's a lot of stuff going on, but it says in the midst of it. See, in everything, give thanks for this is, here we go, the will of God. Amen. The will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Amen. The thing I always love about that, amen, some, many times people over the years have said, how do you know you're in the will of God? Well, let's just start giving God some praise and some thanks. Amen. Just start doing that. What happens is it puts you automatically in the will of God. And if you'll keep doing that, all the rest of it will start lining up. Thank you for all that enthusiasm. Come on now. That's how this works. Amen. 
Hallelujah. You start giving God thanks, start giving God honor, amen, expressing your gratitude, expressing appreciation, praise God, amen. Start giving thanks for what he's done, for what he's doing, for what he's about to do by faith. You start giving God thanks for that. Why do you do all that? Because it puts you in the will of God. I'm in the will of God at that moment. Why? Because I'm giving God thanks. I'm giving God honor. It automatically puts me in the will of God. And if I will keep doing that, all the rest of my steps will start lining out. Praise God. Amen. 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 Oh, glory to God. Well, I preached myself happy. Anyway, Hebrews chapter 13, put that up. Just just some review verses here. Therefore, verse 13, 15 of Hebrews says, Therefore, let him... uh, or pardon me, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Everybody say a sacrifice of praise. The sacrifice of praise to God. Now, there's a lot of ways you can look at that, but one of the ways I, I sometimes look at it, some people say, well, I just don't feel like praising God. Well, how many know when, uh, when you feel the least, uh, you know, to do it, how many know it's probably when you need to do it the most? So that's why sometimes it may be a sacrifice. Come on, somebody. I'm going to give a a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, he explains what that means. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Again, letting it be known the mouth has to be involved. How many know your mouth can be uh, the origin of most of your problems or it can be the origin of your solution? You have jurisdiction over your mouth. Or sometimes I wish I had jurisdiction over other people's mouths, but it don't happen. You have yours, I have mine. Come on, somebody, I'm, I'm in charge. I mean, I have jurisdiction or authority over my mouth, amen. And so I choose, amen, through the fruit of my lips to give thanks to God, amen, regardless of what's going on, regardless of what I'm facing, regardless of the ups and downs, regardless of the people, regardless in everything, giving Him thanks. Amen. I mean, no, he's worthy of all of it. Praise God. Amen. All right, verse 15, or 16, put that up. Uh, do, but do not forget to do good and to share. So this is talking about doing what's right, being benevolent. But it says, with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. So it started with your, uh, your giving of thanks. Amen. And uh, the doing good and sharing. He says, with such sacrifices, plural, God is well pleased. How many know you want to please God? I'd like to please God. Come on, right? So again, not only is it the will of God, but it's what brings pleasure to God's heart is when you'll just stop once in a while, start thanking Him for things. Are you still with me? Am I boring you? All right, praise God. Now put up uh, Psalm 95, verse 2. Amen, because this is kind of what what's beginning to, uh, as we started talking this in this series, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully uh, to him with praise or with psalms. Praise God. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Also put Psalms 100. I know I'm speed, speeding through this, but let's just grab hold of this. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. You notice, it's, if you're going to go into his presence, if you're going to go into his gates, Amen. If you're going to come into his courtyard, that's what that word courts mean. Amen. Hallelujah. There's a way to do it. The word talks about there's gates, the gates of heaven. The word also talks about the gates of hell. Okay, and you determine which gates you're going in. There's court, there's court, there's presence or an atmosphere. There's the atmosphere of heaven and there's the atmosphere of hell. There's the blessing, there's the curse, we're going to see here in a few minutes. Amen. There's all this. Amen. You determine 
what you're going to connect with. You determine the atmosphere. You determine the environment. You determine which gate you're going in. You determine which courtyard you're going to walk in. How do you do it? How do you know you're going to go in the right gate? How about a little bit of thanks? How about a little bit of, of praise, a little bit of worship? How about a, a, take a moment, praise God, to give him honor? And I guarantee you, if you're still breathing, you've got a reason to give God thanks. Amen. Like one brother said, I'm six foot up instead of six foot under. I got something to praise God about. Amen. Hallelujah. Other people, you know, you all know as well as I do, if you're hell bound, amen, there ain't nothing to give praise about that. But if you've made Jesus Lord of your life, you're now heaven bound. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to hell, praise God. Hallelujah. I got something to give thanks for, praise God. Has God ever done anything for you? Has God ever done anything for you? Has God ever done anything for you? Then you have something to give God thanks for, praise God. For things that he has done, things that he is doing, and by faith, praise God, give him thanks for things he's about to do. Amen. That's how this thing works, praise God. I, I always encourage you when you go into prayer, amen, if you will begin to start it with praise and thanks, you'll begin to give him thanks, just start doing that. All of a sudden you enter into the presence of God, you're going in the right gate, come on somebody, entering into the courtyard of heaven, praise God, hallelujah. Now you can get some business done. Whew. All right, what a review. All right. Now, with that said, let's kick her into gear what we have for you today. Let's go to Deuteronomy. We spent most of our time in the New Covenant, but we're going to today go into the Old Covenant about some things. Deuteronomy 28, please. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Are you glad you came out on a Sunday morning? I'm glad you came out. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. So Deuteronomy 28, there we are. Okay, verse 1 says, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. Everybody say, obey the voice. Everybody say, obey the voice. Say it one more time, obey the voice. I mean, oh, God's always talking. The Word just says, today if you'll hear His voice. Amen. Multiple times through the book of Hebrews. Amen. Today if you'll hear His voice. Hallelujah. The Word says, don't reject the one that talks from heaven, it says in, in uh, Hebrews 12. All right? So He's talking. He's trying to communicate with us every day. All right? He wants to lead you, wants to help you, praise God. Amen. So it says, diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. To observe carefully, it says here, all his commands or utterances is what that word means, which I command you what? Today. You ever notice that every day you read that it's updated? You notice that? That's the truth, okay, because it is. There's a reason it's said that way. That, uh, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations or all peoples of the earth and all these blessings. Everybody say blessings. How many like the blessings? The blessings, good, amen, right? It's right things. All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice. He repeats it, obey the voice. Everybody say obey the voice. Obey the voice, come on now, hallelujah, of the Lord your God. And then it begins to talk about the blessing. Blessed you, uh, shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Somebody says, what's that mean? Well, it means your refrigerator is going to be full. Pantry is going to be full. Freezer is going to have meat in it. Come on, somebody. Oh, hallelujah. Not that cheap stuff. 
Well, anyway, I'll leave that alone. But anyway, praise the Lord. Anyway, just that's what it's talking about. Amen. You're always going to have a supply. Blessed shall uh, be your uh, when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. Amen. If you don't if you don't even know what that means, just go up to the doorway and go. I'm in. I'm out. I'm in. I'm out. I'm in. I'm out. Why would you do that? Because I'm blessed. Coming, coming in and going out. Well, anyway, whatever. But praise the Lord. But I'm blessed. You blessed? Hallelujah. All right. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you. Come on now. To be defeated before your face. I like it. Amen. Uh, they shall come at against you one way, and they will flee against you seven ways, which means they're going to scatter. All right? They come at you, enemies. Amen. The blessing is, says that they might come at you one way, but they're going to be scattered. All right? The Lord will command. But you notice it still said that the, the enemy might still come. Now, you hang on to that. Because sometimes that we forget, we think well, just because we got some warfare going on that automatically we must have you know, messed up or, or God's not with us or some kind of thing. No, it just says this, just stay in a place, come on, where the blessing, and no matter how the enemy comes at you, he's going to be scattered. Are you with me? Yeah. All right, well, it's going to make more sense here in a minute. The Lord, verse 8, the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses. Your accounts, your barns, whatever it is where you have your, amen, your increase. Come on. Hallelujah. He'll command the blessing on you. He'll command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commands or utterances of the Lord your God, you and walk in his ways. Then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord. How many know they should all see it? I said, how many know that they should all see it? Take note of that. They should see it. All right. Come on. Blessed and highly favored and hallelujah and to be envied. The scripture says. To be envied. Well, who's supposed to be envying you? Well, the world. They should look at you and go, man, them people are blessed. How come they're so blessed? How come they're blessed? Well, they serve God. They love God. They, they follow God. When God talks, they do it. Praise God. Come on, somebody. Then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. They're talking about honor and respect. They're going to see it. They ain't going to mess with you because when they mess with you, they mess with God. Come on now. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, in the produce of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore uh, to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you His good treasure, the heavens, to give rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and put your, put your hand up in front of their face. Say, this hand right here is blessed. Now just rub it all over their face. No, 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 no. She's blessed. Come on. You shall lend to many nations. Glory to God and shall not borrow. Why? Because, amen. Hallelujah. Oh, no man, nothing but to love him. Praise God. Now, we always stand for that and believe for that. Come on, somebody, right? The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You know what goes on around the tail, don't you? Come on, that's why you stay the head. All right, we'll leave that alone. You shall be above only and not beneath. 
If you, if you heed the commands or give them, yield to it, obey the commands or the utterances of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them, so you shall not turn, hallelujah, aside from any of the words which I command or utter, praise God, to you this day, everybody say this day, to the right or to the left to go after other gods and serve them. No, no, we don't. But it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God and observe carefully all his commands or utterances and his statutes which I command you today that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. And then it just swaps it. It says, curse, you're going to be in the city. In the Somebody say, oh. How many of you are called to be blessed? Now, I ain't going to read all this, but there's about another 50 more verses that talk about the curse. The few, few of them here, there just basically flips it over and says the complete opposite of what we just read in the first 14 verses. And then it goes on and starts talking about some other things. Are you with me? Somebody said, what's this have to do with giving God thanks? You'll see. So then it talks about sickness and illness. Talks about mental issues. Talks about relational problems. Talks about marriage problems. Talks about problems with your possessions and assets. Talks about your problems with kids and family. Talks about business problems, business endeavors. There's problem after problem, debt problems. Come on. You get a little bit further on, even down there, it even talks about diseases and plagues. All of it's listed under the curse. Just so you have no confusion on what's the curse. Somebody says, well, why does he go and explain all that? Well, because you have a tendency to yield to it. You have a tendency to submit to it. You have a tendency to, to cope with the curse. You hear me? We have a tendency to cope with it. So you got to understand what's the curse. Well, if you got sickness and disease going on, it's not, it's not the blessing. That's not the blessing. That's a curse. You got plagues and, and stuff like that out there. Guess what? That's a curse. You got financial problems? That's a curse. You got kid problems? That's a curse. You got marriage problems? That's a curse. I didn't call your wife a curse or your husband a curse. But if you got marital problems, it can, that's part of the curse because you're not supposed to have that. See, if you're under the blessing, that mess won't be, you know, touching your household. Are you with me? Now, I'm going somewhere with this. See, the word says we're called to follow his voice, the voice of the Lord. The problem is most people submit to the voice of the pressure. That's why he goes on. He mentions all this. Okay, so let's back up. Let's, or let's go forward here to verse uh, 45, okay? He repeats it. He says, moreover, all these curses shall come upon you and, and, look at this, and pursue and overtake you. That's, that's pretty, I mean, that's not just says a curse manifests. It's, it's trying to hunt you down. It's trying to pull you down, pull you under, trying to dominate and dictate your house. Now, you still glad you came out on a Sunday morning? Okay. Let's read this again. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon you. That's talking about the people that won't yield or listen to it, okay? All these curses shall come upon you, pursue and overtake you until you are destroyed. Oh, my God. Well, see, that's what the devil does. He comes to steal, kill, destroy. He doesn't just stop and say, I'm, I'm just going to kick you in the shins and run off. No, he waits till you're down, then he does a knee butt to the head. Are you hearing me? And then an elbow on the top. 
Come on, he takes everything you got. And if you're down, he'll take your wallet. He'll take your health. He'll take your family. He'll take everything you got. That's what he does. So, Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life. And life more abundant, praise God. The blessing. Somebody says, whew, he's so intense. All right. Verse 46. Oh, no, let's read the verse. We didn't read it all. Verse 45. Okay. Because you did not, uh uh-oh, how did all this happen? Because you did not, because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God. You wouldn't yield to it. Okay. To keep his commands and his statutes which he commanded you or uttered to you. And they shall, look at this, be upon you. Uh, Look at this, for a sign and a wonder and on your descendants forever. Now, is there anything good about that verse? This is not a refrigerator verse. But it said, because, now listen, because you did not serve the Lord your God, here we go, with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. You say, well, What's he talking about? Well, this, this word here, joy and gladness, means expression of joyful appreciation. And it means, if actually, the, the, the Hebrew word here is simkatu, okay, which means gladness out of goodness, goodness of heart, which is talking about gratitude, okay? Now, the reason this is so important is because we have a tendency to listen more to every other voice than the voice of God. And what we've been finding out over the last couple weeks, that our thanksgiving puts us in the presence. Our thanksgiving, come on, our giving of thanks, our gratitude, our appreciation, our express appreciation unto God positions us to hear Him. See, one of the reasons that we yield so much to the voices of everything else See, a lot of times people make their decisions based on sickness, based on family problems, based on financial problems, based on issues, based on business problems. We're not called to be led by your business problem or your marriage problem. But see, if we're not stopping and giving God thanks for all that he's done, for all that he's doing, for all that we're believing him to do, you'll never position yourself to hear the voice. And you're too busy listening to every other voice, and then you dictate, you decide, you make decisions based on the other voices. And if you don't think that money problems have a voice, Marriage problems, health problems, they all have a voice. And they will wake you up in the morning and they will put you to bed at night. But what happens is, because we're so caught up with everything, we don't stop long enough to put ourselves in a position to hear from heaven. Old covenant, new covenant, it doesn't matter. It both talks that you have a responsibility to hear the voice of God. That's your responsibility. 
I'm going to ask the question one more time. Are you glad you came out on a Sunday morning? Because I'm starting to wonder. I'm being a little more mood. I'm getting this, you know, this. All right. Let me show you something here. Uh, Go to Psalms. Psalm 78. Now remember in context, uh, or at least at the time, this is something spoke through Moses. Amen. All right, so it's recorded by Moses, and it was something spoke to the, the first generation that was delivered out of Egypt. Am I right? Okay. Now he says this in Psalm 78, please. Let me get to it first, I guess. Are you still with me? All right, verse 4, he says, how often, talking about the children of Israel here, that first generation, how often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Okay, talking about, okay, is that not right? Do you know, see, I've had people say, well, you know, 40 years in the wilderness was the will of God. No, it wasn't. They weren't called to go to the wilderness for 40 years. It was their own choices and decisions that caused that to happen. It should have only been the word was clear. We can, we, the word's clear. It says it was an eight-day journey from the place where he called them to come worship to walking in where they can look into the promised land. Eight days on foot. If it was the car, it had been a matter of minutes. Right? But eight days on foot. They were not supposed to be wandering in some wilderness. For 40 years. Are you with me? Okay, so they provoked him. They grieved him. Yes, again and again. They tempted God. And we're going to see what, what they're talking about here. And limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited God. Trudy brought out an offering time. You know, uh, that you, see, we can limit God. By our own choices. God wanted to do something that says, and they did not remember his power the day when he redeemed them from the enemy. We can go on and all the signs and things he did. Okay, they did not. In other words, they were not focused on what God has done for them. They were focused on what they didn't have or the things they had a problem with. Okay, Psalms 106. Let's look at the same group. Are you with me? Psalms 106, verse 24 and 25, talking about the same group of people. It says, then they despised or refused or rejected the pleasant land and did not believe his word. But they complained in their tents and did not heed the voice of the Lord. So how did they provoke him? How did they tempt him? How did they upset God? How did they do it? They did it because they wouldn't give heed to anything he said. They wouldn't yield to anything. Instead, they complained about everything. And they thought because they'd go into their tents and talk amongst themselves in their tents that it was okay. King's X, it's my tent. They thought because they were laying next to their their spouse, murmuring, griping, and complaining, it didn't matter. It does too matter. Doc Barkley, uh, years ago, made a statement to me. He was talking about how he said um, the doorway to the blessing, and to life is hinged on gratitude. So the hinges on the doorway into life is hinged, the hinges are gratitude. 
So I thought, well, you know, because of who I am, I'll give you my own little proverb. But the door into the curse and to death is hinged off complaining. It's complaining that caused them to wander in a wilderness 40 years. They complained. So what does this have to do with praise and thanksgiving? If they would have just stopped and just said, you know what, gave heed. You know what, we just got delivered from Egypt. Hello? We don't have to make bricks for somebody else. We don't have to be beat on our back because we didn't quite do something right. 430 years of bondage we got delivered from. We don't have to bow to Pharaoh no more. They could have stopped and said, praise God. Do you remember when we were on the other side of the sea and Moses lifted his hands and it parted? Woo! I just, oh, I can't stand this wilderness. can't stand what's going on. And Moses, oh, Moses thinks he's so cool. Oh, Moses thinks he knows it all. Oh, yeah, oh, Moses. <laughs> I'm kind of tired of manna. Manna means what is it? It's really what it means. So manna falls from the sky. They lift it up, and it's all this substance. And just like, you know, you try it. No, you try it. <laughs> right? You smell it. Yeah, oh, you smell it. You eat it. Well, they ate it. Well, it's not too bad. Got a lot of protein in it. Well, you know, okay. Well, we're supposed to eat this, I guess. Well, after a little while, you know, manna cakes, manna banana bread. After a while, it's like, I'm done with manna. So we bring quail in every day. There's quail, quail, oh, quail everywhere. Where do they even come from? I don't know, but God must have sent them. Woo! Oh, my gosh, there's manna, there's quail. I'm thirsty. You thirsty? I'm really thirsty. Where are we, where are we, how are we going to feed? Uh, you give water to these. Where do we get the water? God, he says, hits a rock. Water pours out of a rock. So let's sit in our tents and complain. Go to Isaiah, chapter 51, please. Isaiah 51. Everybody say gladness of heart. Gladness of heart is an expressing of gratitude. Hallelujah. Coming from your own heart. That's, gonna, that's a key word today. I don't like what's going on. Well, let's change it. If you're going to sit and complain about it, now you've went, you went in the wrong door and you're hanging out in the wrong courtyard and you're giving place to the enemy and pretty soon all it's going to do is just turn into this long excursion in a wilderness. Or you can start changing it. You know, gladness and gratitude doesn't deny the existence of the curse. It just says we're not going to let it continue. So we have to offer the sacrifice of praise in everything. Give thanks. Why? Because it's what's right. Because we have something to give thanks for. Amen. 
And what happens is we get more focused on what we don't have or get more focused on the curse or the issues or the problems instead of counting the blessings one by one. We count everything else. The story of, of the feeding of 5,000. The story of feeding of the 4,000. Phenomenal, phenomenal things. And when he gets done, you know, they all, the disciples kind of struggle. He says, do, do you not get it? And they're like trying to figure out, okay, two fishes, two loaves. So if I have a couple fish and a couple loaves, I could feed. Well, let's see. No, at this time he had see, five loaves. And, I don't get it. Had nothing to do with the amount of loaves or the amount of fishes. Nothing to do with it. He's just showing it doesn't matter what you have here and what I can do out here. So the disciples are too busy thinking and meditating and focused on what they don't have. There's no way we're going to feed all these people. Man, we, even if we go out to the store, man, we can, we, I mean, we're going to have you know, thousands of dollars in bread just to feed this group. He said, sit them all down, let's feed them. Oh, dude. So what's he do? He grabs the, what he's got could fit in his hand. Thank you, Lord, for this which you've provided. I give you thanks for the loaves and the fishes that I have. Now hand it out. And as they handed it out, it multiplied in their hands. And then when they took up the leftovers, they had more leftovers than they started with. Do you not see the point? And we're complaining because we feel like God won't provide, or God doesn't heal, or God's not delivering me, or God, oh my gosh, where's God when you need him? Really? See, we're too busy letting the voice of the curse talk. And we base our decision-making off it instead of his voice. Well, Pastor, I would love it if God talked to me. How about you take a few minutes in and just say, Lord, thank you for what you've done. Thank you, Lord, that I'm heaven-bound. Thank you, Lord, for my family. Thank you, Lord, for our church body. Thank you, Lord, hallelujah, that you've healed my body. Thank you, Lord, hallelujah, the curse is bound. Thank you, Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm, I'm free and free indeed. Every shackle broke, hallelujah, every chain broke, hallelujah. I walk free indeed, hallelujah. Well, all of a sudden, now you got the heart of God, you got the ear of God, hallelujah. Now, all of a sudden, you position yourself. You're now at least in a place where you can hear something. But if you're too busy thinking, go to prayer and all you can think about, I never have nothing ever. How come, I mean, the preacher, he said, he said oh, just praise God. Just, just give God thanks. Yeah, whatever. If he only knew what I was going through, he wouldn't say that stuff. He wouldn't preach that. 
You might be amazed what I know. I don't claim to know everything, but I tell you that you might be amazed at what I do know. I do know this. It sure pays to give God thanks. That I know. It's a lot better than grumbling, griping, and complaining. Somebody says, well, you just, you've just always had it, you know, had it good. Listen, I know it's like to live off top ramen. That stuff's of the curse as far as I'm concerned. If you like it, that's fine. Whatever. Whatever. Have at it. I'll give you all I get. Okay. But, okay, so I understand, okay, not having enough. And I understand having to pinch every nickel into a quarter. All right? I understand it. Understand how to stand for health because you need it or you die. Okay, I understand these things. I understand that, okay. Don't claim to have all the answers. Don't claim to know everything. But I do know this. It sure pays to give God thanks. Because it positions you for the blessing. It positions you for the higher things. It positions you to be the head and not the tail. It positions you to be able to hear God, to make a step, praise God. Because a right, a step from God, by following God, puts you a step in the right direction. But if you're going to listen to the curse, you're going to listen to everything else and every other voice that's out there, chances are you're going to end up on the wrong road. And this just progresses. And we end up wandering in a wilderness. Oh, hallelujah. Psalm 78. No, no, no. Where am I at? What did I tell you to go? Well, then to get there. Come on. Isaiah 51. That's right. Okay. For the Lord will comfort Zion. That word comfort there literally means to avenge or restore. Zion is a type of the church. Amen. That's talking about you and me. He will comfort or avenge or restore all her waste places. It means the places of drought or that which is desolate. He will make her wilderness, okay, which literally means uh, a pasture without. So not, talking about it's, it has nothing, nothing to eat from, nothing to graze on. Okay, so talking about not just wastelands here. Okay, make a wilderness. It will make her wilderness like what? Eden. Make her desert. That word desert literally means sterile valley. Like the garden of the Lord. What? what, what how, how do we get that? Joy and gladness will be found in it. Thanksgiving in the voice of melody or a psalm, singing of song. It's, it's always talking about gratitude. If you will just start yielding to gratitude. That's why it says gladness of heart. Your heart. Okay, he's got to have, you got to stir this in you. Thank you, Lord. Some people say, well, that's weird. What are you thanking God for? Well, that I don't have to listen to you all the time. <laughs> so he says, oh. okay, I was ordinary. <laughs> well, you'd be amazed what you have to thank God for. <laughs> right? Okay, I thank God, hallelujah, that he's already showed himself strong in this area. Showed himself strong in this area. Showed himself strong in this area. I thank God, hallelujah, I don't have to go to hell. I thank God, hallelujah, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. 
I thank God for the word of God. I thank God for the church. I thank God for the people. Thank God for my family, my spouse, my kids. I thank God. What are you doing? Well, if there's any kind of waste place, we'll get it changed. Anything wilderness or desert-like, we'll get it changed. I like the garden of the Lord. I like Eden. Anybody else? Now, you can have that. Scriptures are very clear that you find that in His presence. Okay, in His presence is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. In His presence is rest, He told Moses. In His presence, praise God, is times of refreshment, times of restoration we see in, in Acts 3, right? Come on. We can go on and on about what you find in the presence of God. So somebody said, well, I like that. Well, good. How do you get there? How do you get in that gate? How do you get in that courtyard? Through thanks, through praise, through gratitude. Come on, somebody. That's how it works. Well, that's just a lot to ask. Is it? You know, if you're going down one road and it's producing nothing but headache, heartache, and backache, and God says, you know, um, do this. No, no. I got myself into this mess. I'll get myself out. How many of us are pretty silly? Right? Because, yeah, you did get yourself in there. Nobody's arguing with that. But you can get yourself out by just following him. See, all of a sudden, you position yourself to hear, get yourself out of there. Are you with me or are you bored with this? How about one more place? Let's go to uh, 2 Samuel, uh, chapter 6. Still with me? All right. Somebody says, well, Pastor, why do you keep asking that? Because a lot of people shut you off. Now, I like the blessing. I've experienced the curse. And there's still areas that, you know, you could probably, if you got really technical, you could probably still find some of it, the thread of it here, the thread of it there. You, gotta, you know, you, as you grow in God and learn and hear from heaven, and make steps, make certain things you stand against and certain things you do and declare. Amen. You start backing that whole mess all the way out the door. Can I hear a big amen? But the thing is this, okay, I like the blessing better than the curse any day. And, and I, as I said earlier, I'm going to say it again, um, you know, I, when, I, when I first read about the blessing and the curse, I thought, you know, why does he take, you know, like 14 verses and talk about the blessing, and then he takes like 50, talks about the curse. And I'm like, and then I got to think, well, it's because there's no question. This problem, that's not blessing, that's curse. Now, nobody's condemning you. Nobody's, you know, trying to beat you up because that's operating. We're just saying, listen, if you understand what you're up against, that's curse. So that marital problem is curse. That kid problem is curse. So, hallelujah, what I got to do is hear from heaven, make some steps, put me on the right road to change this from curse to the blessing. To turn that, get out of that courtyard, to get out of that gateway, and get into the right one. If I will do that, then that gate shuts. Come on. And I move forward. The gates of hell won't prevail because, amen, I'm now, I'm, come on, here we go. I'm getting on the right road. Now, David, okay, this, this, uh, David, okay. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Oda Edom, okay, uh, the Gittite. 
and uh, three months, and the Lord blessed Odoedom, and his household because of the Ark of the Covenant was there. Now, the Ark of the Covenant, representation of the, of the presence of God. Amen. Next verse, please. It says, Now it was told uh, King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Odoedom uh, and all that belongs to him because the Ark of God was there, right? So David went and brought up the Ark of God from the house of Odoedom. All right, and that guy was a blessed guy. Praise the Lord. Mentioned him multiple times. To the city of David. So now, here we go. We're going to take the Ark of the Covenant from where it is, now take it into the city where it belongs, amen, hallelujah, to the place it belongs, amen, and it says he did it with gladness. gladness. He did it with gladness, okay, it's that same word, gladness, okay, let's go to the next verse, all right. So it was that, it said, when those bearing the ark of God had gone six paces, that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep, and he found out later what he had to do and do right, that's what he did. According to the, uh, the, according to the scriptures, he had to follow that. So that's because there was a little bit of a mess up earlier on. Okay, so he realized he did something wrong. So he went back to do it. Okay, but now he's got it right. Here we go, verse 14. Then David danced. Oh, my gosh. Really? He's so emotional. I looked up the word dance because it probably didn't mean that. So the word is karar, which means to whirl about. And to get down with your bad self. <laughs> oh, really? It did? No, no, no. But it means to whirl about. All right? So there ain't nothing about this. So everybody, everybody's going to know he's grateful. The king's grateful. And it says he danced with all his might. So he got into it. Okay, he didn't just sit down while it all came in. He got with it. All right, right? He got with it. Everybody say he got with it. And it says David was wearing a linen ephod. He was dancing around in his BVDs. Didn't care what anybody thought. And obviously he did this, because, I mean, because his wife got all upset about it. Right? And I'm sure if I was dancing around here with my underwear, my wife would say something too. Aren't you all thinking, oh, praise God he did I was gonna, I was going to show you all how it all went down, but nah. Not down. Well, anyway, he didn't care what they thought. It says, so David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting. Okay, I looked that up too because, you know, you never know. But it, it means that, exactly, shouting, amen, they were out, they were very vocal, very expressive, and it said also with the sound of the trumpet, so everything's blaring, it says, now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, uh, Michal, which is his, his, uh, Saul's daughter, but his wife, right, looked through the window and saw the king dancing and, you know, leaping and whirling before the Lord, and it says she despised him in her heart devalued, disesteem, okay, but, it, but she complained, okay, she was upset. So they brought, okay, are you doing good? So they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. Then David uh, offered the burnt offerings and the peace offerings before the Lord, okay, and when he had finished uh, offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts, amen. So we look at, now, this, now look, then he distributed among all the people, so we're talking about this fruitful 
he's giving, giving, giving out, okay, among all the whole, uh, among the whole multitude of Israel, both the women and the men, and everyone a loaf of bread and a piece of meat, a cake of raisins, all kinds of stuff, foods and all kinds of stuff, and they, and all the people departed, everyone to his house. So in other words, not only did they all get in, you know, have fun and enjoy and praise and worship and dance and shout, amen. Then he blessed everybody, sent everybody back to their homes, amen. Okay, it says then David also returned uh, to bless his house. But Michal, uh, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today, dancing around your underwear, huh? uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids and uh, of his servants as one of those base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. So David said to Michal, It was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father. And all his house, take that, and appoint, appointed me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord, and I will be even more, I love this, I will be even more undignified than this. You said, in other words, you ain't seen nothing yet, woman. You said, and I will be humble in my own sight. But as for the maid servants of whom you have spoken about, to them I'll be held in honor. They were all grateful. Therefore, Michal, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. The word means barren. The point I'm trying to make is, okay, you can sit and complain and just become barren. Or you can start giving God thanks. I ain't asking everybody to... To do it just like he did it, but I guarantee you, it doesn't hurt nothing. But somewhere along the line, you got to find this gladness of heart in you where you can start giving God thanks. And I guarantee you, once you start, amen, pretty soon it's like it just starts flowing. And little by little, all the other voices shut up. And what you're doing is you're positioning yourself, amen, for the blessing. You're positioning yourself, amen, for, uh, you know, to, to walk into a courtyard that's conducive for God to move and speak. And all of a sudden, praise God, you position yourself to hear some things from heaven so that you can be led by the voice of God and not the voice of the curse or any other voice. Are you hearing me? So, that's what I have for you today. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to Vimeo.com or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. Dot O-R-G. See you there.